dude, I flipped a tire for 24 hours, 40 years old, and I'm like, I can do anything now. That is a yardstick for any problem in my life mm. to go get on with it, find a solution, and keep moving forward. Hey everyone, welcome to Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. Wow, we're back in the van, we're driving, we're doing, we are out in this world. We are trying to figure out who we are in the real world, who we are in the digital space. All of these things, all of these simple things that we took for granted about being together, we are now working out that it is more complicated when we are not together. We start to highlight more differences when we do not see each other face to face more often than not. And I'm not someone who thinks that technology is bad. I love it. Look, I get to bring you this podcast every week. But I am someone that thinks we need to think critically about the things that work for us, the things that don't, and all of these things in between. So my guest today, Gareth Edwards, he is a Guinness World Record holder for flipping a tire for 24 hours, non-stop, with a pal of his. They hold the Guinness World Record, Gareth and Tom. I've actually had them on the podcast before. We talked about why they're doing it, what it means to, to be advocates for mental health. But this episode with Gareth talks about life after, after reaching that rocky moment beating Goliath, standing on the top of the mountain. And I'm very fascinated by these types of conversations because, as you know, if you're a please blow my mind listener, I go deep about many things. And one of them is what actually happens when you reach the pinnacle. I mean, for most of us, maybe reaching the pinnacle is something that we will never reach. And that has its own pains and hurts. But what do you do when you reach your pinnacle or reach something really hard? What do you do then? I always think of the scene in Greece where Danny and what's her name? Danny, I know you're telling me right now in your head or shouting it out. Danny and Sandy. Sandy! Um, they have that moment where they drive off at the end. And I always think, well, I want to see five years from now where Danny hasn't mowed the lawns. The weeds have got a bit out of control <laughs> and Sandy's, you know, not that pumped. And then see what's that Danny Zuko moment then. How do you still be cool? How do you still keep the fire raging, right? Because it's all, with everything stacked up in order, it's easy to keep that fire burning hot. But when a couple bits are out of place, you've got to have some space to go to in your mind to, to, to get you through that next phase. And my conversation with Gareth, I think we touch on this. We touch on life after the moment and what that means. And for me, you know, we're talking about mental health a lot, but we only talk about the bit to the pinnacle as if that's the bit you should chase. And it's, I, I actually don't think it is. I think it's the learnings and insights that come from being on the pinnacle and getting back down safely. And those are the bits, the, the waves of life, which we have to kind of work out how to be in sync with otherwise we're just getting tumbled around by these big waves when in fact we should be surfing surfing on the waves surfing life feels right to me uh, i want to quickly say thank you to a couple nice comments that i've had on the podcast particularly um, 
when I've asked people to rate and review, a really couple special ones have stood out, and, and I can't remember them off the top of my head, but, you know, they're an acknowledgement of um, the work I'm putting in, and, and, and I've trained myself not to ask for that, but definitely there is this middle ground where it seems to be the algorithms that help this podcast and others get to people is backed up by the amount of engagement. So I just want to thank those of you who have uh, jumped on and, and engaged with the podcast and done your bit to share it and uh, and rate and review. And if you're new here or if you've just been listening for a while and you think that I offer a, a tiny bit of value and content created free for your week, um, be awesome if you could jump on and leave a little rate and review. Okay, team, I think that's about it. I uh, don't really have that many other uh, oh well I did want to say one more thing Guy Fawkes is coming up you know like firecrackers and all that stuff and it popped in my mind how beautiful it is that we have events which people can get together and do things and if you think of Guy Fawkes there's a bit of danger involved right it's like if you muck up you can burn yourself or you can set something on fire and talk to a uh, fireman I'm sure or a fire person I'm sure this idea of Guy Fawkes sucks for them but I guess what I wanted to kind of highlight is that in an increasing world where we spend more time digitally isn't it nice that we can find ways to get together and share experiences and simulate that most people light these fireworks off and for the most part we get it right and I I look for things like that that gives me hope yes we're going to have the dorks that just can't get it right that can't help but do the worst things but that's with everything and what's really exciting for me is just to highlight these little moments where things go right because that is mind-blowing the fact that we do have this capacity to get through the day and for the most part bring ourselves through and others through with the minimum amount of pain because I tell you I'm pretty sure it doesn't take too much to tinker with the human mind and psychology where this idea of pain comes to the forefront and it's like I'm burning and you're going to burn with me so to get over that and to simulate these things is really amazing okay team Gareth Edwards joins me on the podcast thank you all for tuning in for tuning in for tuning in on the journey and blowing my mind. Welcome to Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. Please blow my mind. Whoa. That's the goal, brother. Get joy in your lives yeah. every day. I'm just simply looking to be 1% better every day. I get it, man. We're together on that. That is yeah. mind-blowing. We've got our work cut out for us. It's the thing that inspires me to continue on. Everything happens, and then we find a reason. You just went deep. Gareth, you're, you're, you're in the van, man. I am, man. <laughs> man with a van. <laughs> it's not feeling too traumatic for you? No, no, I'm pretty comfortable right now. <laughs> uh, last time I saw you, it was the night before the challenge. Yeah, yeah it was the day before. Um, walk me through it, bro. The, 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 oh, the day. Where do we start? Yeah. It was everything that we expected and a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't really emotionally physically 
logistically we had some logistic issues mm. um we had after i spoke to you tom and i were obviously on the on the podcast went home still had some things to arrange and one of our witnesses pulled out at nine o'clock at night for the guinness world record we needed um witnesses to do four hour sessions at a time and we needed two witnesses there at any given time mm. so obviously a 24-hour period uh we needed a whole bunch of witnesses yeah and the two witnesses couldn't know each other either so <laughs> just random people on the street hey are you busy tomorrow wow it's like it uh, makes it really difficult dude it's like even like things like tinder and stuff are easier to negotiate <laughs> than probably, like... i should have i should have gone to tinder <laughs> hey what are you guys doing tomorrow <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. probably everybody knows each other on tinder so that wouldn't work anyway <laughs> yeah and then just it was relying on friends of friends of friends because they couldn't know us they couldn't be um any association with the sponsors or the venue or the organizers which was me anyway anything like that they didn't have any connection with us so it made it really difficult mm. and then when you have one of them pull out you're just like uh what is going on really? um so yeah it was a it was a sleepless night and obviously there was all the anxiety because of tomorrow's mm. the grand final that's literally how i was picturing it it's our yeah, final this yeah. is this is the big day and you're just like I've, i just can't deal with this wow you know i've got everything else to think about setting up the live stream setting up you know cater is turning up and knowing where to put food all this mm. stuff's going through my head and what about this and what if this doesn't happen Ugh. and 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 you should be thinking about just the event huh? yeah yeah like uh it'd be like you know the All Blacks worrying about everyone getting seats. Yeah, whether their kit's going to be the, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> stupid shit like that. It's yeah. it's stuff that, in in hindsight, look, hindsight's twenty twenty vision, right? And if I was to do this again, I would have somebody organize it for me. Yeah, I'd bring a team of people in and go, okay, your job is this, your job is this. I'm going to go and do the training and then turn up for the event. I don't want to obviously do the media stuff, mm. obviously be the face of it, but for the most part, I just don't want to know. For people who are just joining this podcast and they haven't heard our other one, what did you do again? So a friend of mine, um, Tom, and I flipped a 93-kilo tire for 24 hours <laughs> to raise money for the John Kieran Foundation, which is my pretty little t-shirt. <laughs> Does it still um, sound normal when you say no. it? Because it's, no. like, it's pretty um, extraordinary. Eh? Now, the door in the van is open, and I've got goosebumps. <laughs> it's nothing to do with being cold. Um, whenever I talk about it, I get an immense sense of pride and achievement. I sat down with Tom, you know, back at the start of the year and said, hey, bro, let's do this. And he mm. went, yeah. Mm. And from that point on, it just became this this thing that was there but was so far away because we've given ourselves 20 weeks. And again, in hindsight, 20 weeks was probably too much. Right. When we saw you, we'd been itching and scratching just to get on with it. We just mm. wanted to do it. Again, probably looking back, I'd do a 16-week prep and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But... It's now been, what are we now? We're in November mm. and it's it's still kind of surreal. Like it happened, but it it was so far, you know, it, it's been a while now that I'm just like, I did that in July. Mm. Like, you're right. Time now goes. Back to, yeah, now back to business, Gareth. Like it's... <sighs> and, and the other interesting thing, and we talked about it just before we jumped on the pod, is um, everyone builds up to that moment. Mm. And then the next day, they're like, see ya, buddy, or congrats. Yeah, yeah. But for you, you've just 
hustled like never before. Yeah. What was the day after like? Day after Monday was. I guess we should say you you won. Like you you yeah, did. Yeah. Look, it, everything went to plan. We had a couple of hiccups um, along the way. Tom um, really struggled. Like he had to really grin and bear the last sort of six hours his back just didn't want to play ball anymore yeah and he really six hours you know you're 18 hours deep and you've still like it's just and his back was like nah we're done no no more and that was you know massages and chiropractor and all this kind of stuff just to keep him moving Mm. um so there's little things like that um and then the day after it was just kind of just zombie mode for the most part um sunday didn't exist like Mm. we got out of the out of the millennium about two o'clock by the time we cleaned up and packed everything away got home um i went straight to bed Um, i was still in my skins i still had tape on me just went and laid down the dogs were just like where have you been why do you smell so funny um so i got mauled by my dogs when i came in the door went and laid down you must have been a dog's dream yeah yeah yeah. like stinky yeah what is this yeah where's dad been body nutsack yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) yeah it's an elegant way of putting it thank you that might Um, be the the name of this episode (laughs) yeah no i won't do that but um and laid down that was you know Two thirty, three o'clock and woke up at six just wow. like uh, still in my skins still had tape around my knee and got up was like oh hung over almost hung over because right. like being awake for 24 hours exerting you know um being well, physical for chemical 20. too like yeah it must be like oh, we, we were heavily medicated as well true <laughs> like <laughs> heavily heavily medicated what do you mean like caffeine and yeah caffeine yes so pre-workout um which was a bad <laughs> we decision just kept jacking yourself up on stuff yeah so we're, we're talking legal stuff though 100 percent. okay sweet 100 percent. just wondering how deep you want to go <laughs> i was like uh, hey the, there was conversations <laughs> um that week of you know there's some stuff that we could use um we know a guy who knows a guy um so yeah it was it was caffeine it was um, painkillers um anti-inflammatories just to dull the senses enough to basically block the pain receptors that was the whole point Mm. um to numb those pain receptors just so we can get through it um so every three hours we're taking neurofin and voltaren and sodium capsules right. sodium pills just to stop cramping the come down from that like right. just heavily hung over yeah. sunday i felt shit monday i felt worse because all of this stuff all these chemicals mm. are coming out of your system plus being awake for 24 hours so your circadian rhythm's just like what are you doing wow. what is going on why are we asleep now and you know what just happened in the last 24 hours so there's a massive learning and then monday uh seven sharp heard so the seven sharp crew came down and, and filmed us and all this kind of stuff and um joined the event and that was then shown on on monday night and the the whole event was emotional hugely emotional um it was a, it was a massive roller coaster the 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 give you a bit of backstory leading in the the week of when when we saw you monday of that week we were sitting at four grand and we said, obviously, when we saw you, that mm. we were aiming for 10. Yeah. Monday, 
four grand, I was just like, oh. And look, I know the Kiwi mentality of just leave it till the last minute. <laughs> we'll donate the day of, for the most part, mm-hmm. the day before, or the day after. Um, they want to see you do it and mm-hmm. see if you're good for it. And mm-hmm. I think we talked about that. Yeah. And we ended up going on the AM show Tuesday morning. And in what were we, eight minutes on air, we raised $1,200 in those wow. eight minutes, which was just, you know, power of TV. And then it sort of trickled through to about seven, you know, when we saw you sitting around seven grand. And then, you know, that added to all the anxiety mm. of doing it. Are we going to complete it? <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen? Mm. You know, then it's ticking in the back of my mind. Well, we haven't made the, the target and this is the day. Like, mm. what, what if, what if? Mm. And then all the way through and we live streamed it and people were coming through there was a bucket people could drop donations off cash donations and then with about 45 minutes to go my good friend ed my chiropractor mm. um and part-time training buddy came up to me and i just finished one of my 10 minute sessions and he's like you've made the 10 grand wow and i just burst into tears did you yeah it was just 20 weeks worth of work yeah. for me and and tom of promoting and pushing and ramming it down our friends' throats. <laughs> Social media, donate, donate, John Kieran Foundation, donate, we're tie flipping. Hey, did you know we're tie flipping? Mm. You know, all this kind of stuff, just 20 weeks, just hammering it home. And then we've done it. It just, you know, oh, it was the, the biggest sense of achievement and this huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Mm. Um, I couldn't, like, I couldn't be calmed down. Nobody could calm me down. I was just a wreck I was a mess um, everyone was crying around us it's just like I couldn't and Harry and, and if you see the um, the photos on my social media there's um, my good friend Harry boxing coach of New Zealand in front of me and he was the only one to get me focused I didn't see anybody I tunnel vision I had Harry in front of me um, and my friend Chad um, and I literally just flipped the tire towards towards Harry and he was like he just kept telling me to come come on come on tell me to stop and breathe I'd stop and breathe tell me to carry on I'd carry on did that I wouldn't have finished if it wasn't for Harry I wouldn't have finished that you know it sounds like you had some type of psychedelic trip and I (laughs) I say that because I've talked to people I've interviewed people who have done um, ayahuasca right and they say what you do is you go to the mountains of Peru yeah and you basically piss and shit and fart all of your issues out of your body (laughs) I mean how dissimilar is that to what you were doing um, and in a serious way do you think you kind of like did you let go of some stuff or you know when when they say dig deep I sometimes think well with a warning because there's stuff down there deep yeah man like I it was amazing how much anxiety and pressure I'd put on myself Mm. And just to acknowledge that, and I acknowledged it all at that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, to go through that journey, to go through that journey with Tom, um, to go that, through that journey with all our loved ones, family members, mm. you know, supporters was, uh, you know, this crazy journey which really was like mm. it, it is like a trip it's just you know what what just happened mm. you know and then this culmination of that all in one moment um yeah just it was unreal absolutely I, unreal i also wonder like i've heard that what stand-up comedians get is this such a high yep. that everything seems low yep. after that and yep. and and i wonder also the fact that 
in our world, in our Western world, we love to celebrate, like, you know, the Rocky did it. It's literally yep. a freeze frame of him going, Adrian, yep. or whatever. Yep. And, you know, yeah, you won. But no Success, one says, right? you know, at the end of Greece, it's driving off into the clouds. But there's no, like, five years later when Danny is, I don't know, you know. Overweight. And <laughs> yeah. A mum. And he's a <laughs> pilot and Scientologist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but what did that happen for you, man? Like, were you, it's all peachy and, wow, we did it, and the hugs, and, you know, you slept and you wake up, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm not really sore anymore, and what do I do now? Yeah, hugely, and we, we talked about it just before. Um, it was a huge come down, it, you know, and it took me a while to acknowledge in myself that this was, that it was happening, you know, that, okay, this is over now back to normal world back to being business gareth yeah. and, and, and trainer and, and all that kind of stuff it was not that i wasn't i'm not important but it's now there's no tv there's no radio there's no you know nobody really wanting to talk to us and it it sometimes is quite difficult like you've gone through this 20 weeks worth of work of, yeah. of being out there and, and promoting and promoting and promoting then you do this thing do the event and then the dust settles and you're like right what now <laughs> bro I think that's life like it obviously yeah. is a eh? and we trick ourselves yeah. to think there's something more sometimes yeah. yeah and I think you can I can understand and I had this conversation with one of my clients um, her friend runs marathons and she but there's a there's an award you, there's a, a medal that you get for doing so many in a year or so many in total and or do the big five or whatever it, it, it's something you get this special award and it is it becomes this addiction because it's more what can you do more of mm. um yeah it, it's i can i can see where you know i'm no elite athlete i'm no professional sports person but I can I can empathize with those guys that finish their careers, whether voluntary or involuntary, mm. with injury or whatever, retirement, and they struggle. There's that big come down of, oh, I'm just Gareth. Mm. But you're cognizant of this and how important... It's almost like you've had to earn the right to think that way, right? Yeah. Like, and, and we're talking about mental health. Mm. And actually, one way of seeing it is the bravery of turning up and doing it, and you got that shit done. But the other bravery is, I'm just Gareth. Yeah. And I reckon that's kind of insightful, man, because <laughs> if you don't say that, mm. then people won't understand their own come down when they achieve. Maybe it's just an amazing day you know yeah but or don't achieve it or, or have or, or struggle you know the success isn't quite there the failures or whatever it is you know mm. it's okay to just be you at, at the end of the day like you sometimes sometimes failure and i actually had that um i had that this week with with some training and um as you've seen on my social media i squatted for the for the month um of october and I just had a day where it, it just didn't it didn't go well mm -hmm. and failure is something we don't talk about. 
Yeah. As coaches, particularly, like we're, it's all about, yeah, rah, rah, you mm. know, go and kill it. Sometimes you don't kill it. You just don't, mm. for whatever reason. Mine was purely mental. I just had too much going on in, in my life at that point when I was training and my mind wasn't on training. Right. And sometimes that's okay, as long as you learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> and go, hey, shit, this happened. Mm. Okay, what can I take from it? All right, so my mind wasn't where it needed to be. Luckily, I had some fail safe, so I didn't hurt myself. Yeah. But we move on, mm. you know. Business is good, and all the reasons that were, were playing on my mind were positive. Don't get me wrong, they weren't, they weren't negative things. They were positive things, but it was just a lot going on. Mm. And it impacted on my training at the time. Mm. Sometimes we just need to talk about that and acknowledge that, shit, it didn't go to plan. Yeah. That's okay. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you is I met your partner tonight. Yep. Because we negotiated come down your driveway. And <laughs> that's the fun thing I like about being on a podcast in a van. It's like it's getting here. It's negotiating all the little things, getting you inside here and all of that yeah. stuff. Um, what were you like for your partner during the build-up, the event, post? Um, were you a good dude? Yeah, I think I just I am normally. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because I, I had wondered if it maybe was all consuming and it was all consuming. But I'm also really good at compartmentalizing stuff. Mm. You know, I've got my training um, business and my clients. I've got dark heart mm. and that as well, and and my family, my dogs, and all that kind of stuff. So I can compartmentalize everything I, I if anything i don't give myself enough time and it was actually um right a thing that i acknowledged again uh, with my friend josh and we went axe throwing a couple of months ago mm. and it was literally i was like i don't do enough of this stuff mm. you know even spending time with tom like it was the most time i've spent with a guy because I'm always constantly doing stuff. I'm always working. I've always got clients. Yeah. You know, I've, I've built a business over two years, two and a half years, and there was no me time outside of the gym. Like I, I, I sort of said, oh, you know, the me time is me training. Well, that's sometimes not the best kind of me time yeah. or, or guy time. You know, um, or, or variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah the variety. I, I remember I spoke to a fellow, Wade Jackson, and he talked about three things to happiness: is one, get enough sleep; two, have one meaningful relationship in your life. Mm. Doesn't have to be sexual, but someone you would call if you got a flat tire mm. and you can't mm. get yourself out. And three, variety. Mm. And I've wondered about that variety for ages because I'm like, shit, is that what they talk about when they talk about privilege? Not, not in this kind of wanky way of like this color of your skin, but more like. It's a privilege to be able to have variety. Yeah. Like you can actively choose what you do today. Yeah, totally. Or maybe the variety of choose what you're eating today. Mm -hmm. These are things that once you've had that for, let's say, 10 days, your body is like, oh, I can have Maccas all the time now. Yeah. And they will Uber eat it to me. Yeah, exactly. You know? and I don't have to life. leave. And then they'll find something else to, you know, do. And so those have counterpoints too, right? If you mm. do all of that stuff, mm. I think we can all agree that it's probably the best when we go and get our own food, you know, like I've been thinking about this yep. with carnivore and like yes. I love my meat. But I don't like going to pack and save and buying heaps of plastic with it. So I'm yeah. desperately trying to find ways that 
you know, it's weird too because I come from a hunting family, right. but my father and his friends are so good at it that he just forgot to kind of pass it on. So he'd just provide meat for me. Right. He just forgot, you know, like there was, a, uh, I would go along, but he, I wouldn't do the kill. I wouldn't do the cut. Right. So all of a sudden I'm this almost 40 year old and I know the talk, I know the walk, but put a knife in front of me and a pig squealing and I'll be like, here, dad. Yeah. yeah. But I've got to get over this if I, because soon I want to move to, all right, I'm going to buy me a chiller and I'm going to fill it full of meat that I kill. Right. And I'm going to try and find some mates who want to come and help me. Even if it's like a farm pig mm. and I've, it's there and I've just got to do it. And I know that sounds kind of barbaric, but I think it's more barbaric to kind of go to pack and save, to be fair. Yeah, I on the, the carnivore and um, vegan post you, you put up today, right. conversation, I've... So I just watched... Game Changers. Mm. Are you a Netflix? Vegan? As of Wednesday, yeah. True. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, shock everybody. Wait, wait. <laughs> you were meat? You were all about the meat before? hundred percent. And you've just As of as of Wednesday, after okay. watching Game Changers. Yeah. And uh Forks Over Knives. Yeah. Knives over Forks. Forks over knives. On Netflix, which is two documentaries, one science clinical research and science based, one science-based but looking at performance um and health mm. in in sports and um you know um performance athletes and you know i i i feel uh, i'm an educated person i can look at things and you know look at two arguments and go i believe this one over that one for these reasons i ended up watching game changers twice in two days it, I've forwarded it to friends I've talked about it um, quite a lot recently it's I'm not going to be one of those banging on I'm a vegan I'm a vegan and, you right. know I'm, I'm not going to wear leather and I'm not going to no I'm doing it for research I'm I'm guinea pegging myself mm. to go yep this worked no it didn't I don't know what my body's going to do, but I've I've known my body for forty years now, so I have a fair idea of what's going to happen. And I I have arthritis in my knee, which we spoke about prior to the the tire flipping. I I've had knee sur- multiple knee surgeries. I'm a forty year old male with a fucked up body from sport mm. training and. Parts of that documentary were about health and diseases and disease control and how diet alone can stop, if not reverse, some of these diseases, arthritis being one of them. Wow. And just how we've been marketed to by the meat and dairy pharmaceutical industries Um is, is phenomenal like once you've watched these documentaries particularly the Knives Over Forks it was um, that kind of opened my eyes to what actually goes on what what bits because let's say that people won't go and see it hmm. I'm interested to what are the bits that um, grabbed you or what convinced you <clears throat> 
the the clinical research uh, i understand and i uh, there'll, there'll be the naysayers and and the people that will comment on this that all the industries have their own research companies and yeah. you know pseudo independent research and some of it's not some of it's paid for i get all that i get all the conspiracy theories mm. what grabbed me was when you break it down to a molecular level on what these animals are eating they are literally the middlemen in terms of the protein that they're providing right so the protein that they consume they provide us cows chickens pigs goats they provide us a third of that protein that they consume and the the sheer land mass that is required and the water that is required yep. to produce the food for these animals to eat to then be killed to then provide us a hamburger is frightening hmm. so the the statistics around that the health benefits, the um, particularly the the more science based, clinical research based documentary, in terms of the removal of diseases in control in these control groups that they ran um, over 10, 15, 20 years, some of them, mm. it was too hard to argue with that, and that was the only thing they changed was removing meat and dairy from their diets. They ate a whole food vegan diet and reversed cholesterol reversed high cholesterol reversed um, blood pressure high blood pressure um, arthritis diabetes you know type 2 diabetes um, heart disease all gone you know I guess that's what I was trying to hint at or explore in my post mm. was that I think the reason probably both are healthier than most people is because they cut out most things, you know, mm. um, well, a lot. Yep. I mean, I re-looked at my post and I was like, actually, there's quite a few different variations in the vegan picture that I picked yep. as opposed to just the, the meat. But, dude, I, I just never knew. I never, and, mm. and that's really cool for me because I also came here to kind of ask you, you know, in, in a real, like, um, human way like for example there's people who it's natural to do lots of exercise there's people who have never exercised there's people like myself who in my 20s was you know unbelievably fit you know rugby and world travels and all of this stuff and time creeps up on you and then you go out and try it again and you realize you are a, a, a pinch of your former mm. self and that mucks with you psychologically yep. and so it makes you not want to try so one of the things because you you um i mean you are a strength coach one of the things i was going to ask you and maybe we can kind of dovetail it into the eating too is for someone who's you know they're not super unfit but we Let's just say, let's just say, maybe it's a tiny bit of laziness, but also through this world we live in, where we trade our time for money, mm. forcing it doesn't feel like you can just. Maybe you're just holding on with everything you're doing with family and work and your hobbies and all that stuff. Yep. And I was wondering because I watch a lot of your social media where you do it from home. If do you think it's possible to? be active and fit by just doing things around the house mixed with a, a a reasonable diet or does it just do you have to lift something heavy no it it can be something as simple as 
kicking a ball around in the garden with your kids mm. for an hour. It could be throwing a frisbee for your dog. It's about just moving. You know, Movember, um, obviously it's Movember right now, um, and men's men's health, and there's also a Movember movement going. Mm. And it's just about moving. Just move. We're not, you know, when you look at uh, Neanderthal and Paleolithic man, we weren't sedentary. Mm. We weren't sitting at stone desks looking at stone tablets you know, watching stone TVs. We were out hunter-gathering, right? Running and migrating in big packs across continents. Mm. Moving. Just move. Instead of taking the lift to your job, walk the stairs. Instead of sending that email, walk across the office. <laughs> Talk to the person face-to-face. -face. That's another thing. Like We are now more disconnected than ever, thanks to social media. Yeah. And and you also said it before, Uber Eats. We have food brought to our door. We don't mm -hmm. have to leave the house and people, strangers in cars, bring us food. <laughs> like, what is going on <laughs> in the world now that we can just pick up our phone and food turns up? Yeah. It's crazy, eh? From anywhere. Mm. You know, like, that's... Ugh. I get technology and advancement and all that kind of stuff. And convenience, I understand convenience as well. Sometimes I want to sit down and make a meal. It's it's convenience. I I get that, but just get out and do stuff. You know, um, go for a walk. Take the family for a walk. Meet up with your mates rather than having a beer on a Friday. Go. Hey, do you want to go for a walk on Saturday? Mm. You know that kind of stuff. It's do bodyweight movements do push-ups do air squats hold a, a toddler hold your dog hold something that doesn't weigh a great deal but mm. it's still resistance right yeah. that's more than your body weight um plus your body weight sorry and do that you know run up and down your apartment stairs mm. just regular yeah and it's just consistency and how much of the weight loss stuff is about the exercise and the eating or does it 50 100 percent? no it's not 100% in the kitchen or 100% in the gym or 50 but it's 100% 100% of food and mm. it's 100% of activity give right. it 100% yep. of each thing do not you, 60% not 70% the vegan do you think it's going to be easier to lose weight yes right yep. um, just because you're eating I'm also reducing obviously um, processed sugars you know refined sugars all mm. that kind of stuff um, so yeah there's going to be a a shift um with anything and obviously my training will will change with that in terms of what i'm doing to accommodate um the calories just in terms of my body gets used to it mm. and then once it's kind of found that you know um point where it's happy then i can start to really play with things but in terms of like everybody else it's not you know, if you and Arnold posted about it the other day with um, with the Terminator movie. It's about everybody's got twenty four hours, right? Mm. You sleep for six or seven. You're at work for eight hours. So what's that leave you? Like eight hours. Mm. What are you doing in those eight hours? Mm. Okay, so you play with your kids. So that's you know two two hours. You're 
sit down with the wife or whatever, your family. And okay, so you've still got like four hours. Mm. An hour for social media or whatever you do, catching up with friends, talking on the phone, whatever it is, you've, you're, still, you're still three hours mm. there or thereabouts to do something. It's choice. We go, oh, I'll just watch this thing and I'll just watch. And I said it just before Netflix, like I'll quite happily jump on Netflix and mm. do it. But I will also go, I've got a train. And I treat it like a meeting. I go, okay, so I'm going to train at this time. Mm. And I will block it. In. And I actually had this conversation with my friends about training and she was talking about, she's a business owner as well and um, and she's a mum with, with two girls and um, a husband and all kind of stuff and she was sort of fell off the wagon and sort of struggled to get back into the groove and I'm like you've got to just prioritise it treat it like a meeting and it will be important your health is important mm. make it a priority block out some time and go this is non-negotiable mm. time yeah it's this is my time for health and wellness whatever you want to do whether it's yoga go for a ride on the bike get your kids involved as well like all mm. go for a ride on the bike but but make it make time for it what's a day eating like for you now because i'm re listening really closely you know like i'm thinking hmm maybe the path to vegan isn't as far away as i think it is because i said that I want to hunt my own meat. And if I'm not able to do that, then it seems to be you don't eat it until you can. Yeah. So, but I'm scared about everything everyone else is. It's really yummy to eat shit food, <laughs> you know, and that's why we do it. That's a chemical thing, though. Right. We're now, well, we are, where we have addictive personalities mm. and it's sugar or fat mostly, and it's all these um, chemical reactions in the brain. Right. That's what we then associate that feeling with. So we get this feeling of happiness from eating mm. fried food. So mm. then when we see fried food, we then associate that feeling to, okay, that food. So mm. I'm going to get more of that and I feel happy. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> you know, sugar, same thing. Sugar has the same yeah. chemical response in the brain as cocaine. True. It's been proven. That's why people who are addicted, and I'm not talking just, you know, I love a chocolate bar. People who are addicted to sugar have to have it. You know, it's it's the same response. It's, it is a chemical response in the brain that yeah. tells them that they need sugar. Mm. So, yeah, it's in the hunting thing, you know, you don't have to hunt a tin of chickpeas. No. It's really easy to shoot that. <laughs> it sits still on a shelf. <laughs> so in terms of the hunter gathering, you'll get good at it. It's really easy. I, I was a meat eater on Tuesday and I wasn't on Wednesday. But what are you eating down? Like, what does a shopping list look like? A lot of stuff that was already in the pantry, to mm. be fair. Mm -hmm. Like, I was still eating... Um, Salads, lots of vegetables, tons of greens and nutrients, mm. but nutrient dense food anyway. Yeah. All I'm doing is learning to replace the protein and removing dairy, mm. which is pretty easy to do. Like I was already having almond milk in my coffees and in my protein shakes. So now all I need to do is replace the, the whey protein with yeah. a hemp or pea or brown rice protein. Yeah. And then... Every couple of weeks, I'd make a 
vegetarian meal anyway, like a mm. chickpea curry, like a dal, something like that. It's actually really quite nice to do every once in a while. Mm. Just not eat meat anyway. Do it but every, you know, do it a couple of days a week where you cut back on one thing, whether it's dairy, whether it's meat, and then slowly but surely remove all the other things. Don't just go cold turkey. Yeah. Um, I've done it enough that I can... I'm, I'm pretty... I've got a pretty good willpower. I just mm. go, nope, no more of that. And, you know, I can pretty pretty well sustain it. But it's not always the <laughs> best course of action, going cold turkey on anything. But it is, it's just a choice. If you go, you know what, I'm just going to not eat it mm. for a week and see what happens. A week turns into two weeks. Two weeks turns into a month. A month turns into three months. Yeah, so interesting. Eh? It's so interesting this whole well-being mm. because it's it's about what we eat. It's about how we feel. It's about you know maybe what we eat in our mind as well. And I was listening to a podcast this week, and they were talking about the the natural state of humanity, and that I think the guy was like, "Well, what does that even mean?" You know, what's the natural state of H two O, for example? Mm. And there is none because it's maybe frozen, it's maybe boiling, yep. it's maybe in raindrops, it's it might be coming out of your eye ducts, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very adaptable, and maybe humans are too, but we kind of get into this rhythm where we're, you know, it can confuse us, and it is it is confusing being a human because it's yep. not so obvious what you're here to do. You know, it's, yep. it's not so obvious if you're here to believe in a God or if you're here not to, or should I be an individual or should, should I be part of a, a team? Mm-hmm. And we have this capacity to kind of be all, yeah. you know? And I was even yeah. saying to a friend, I was like, wouldn't you like it if you had a job where you could just be your authentic self? And he's like, what do you mean by that? You know, when you're on a podcast, you're slightly different to when you're with me. When right. you're with your wife, you're slightly different to when you're on your with him so I was thinking yeah but they're all my authentic selves to a certain point because I don't have an organic state of will it's like right you know I mean I really like you Gareth but I don't look at you like I look at my wife I'm kind of glad I mean we are in a van (laughs) yeah we are in a van yeah I I, (laughs) but you know what I mean man it's like yep it is confusing. So why I, th- I think we do have some tools to combat that, though, this whole conversation thing, which mm-hmm. is creeping its way back into our digital evolution. Yep. You know, I feel like there's less of these vlog things and more of this podcast thing because mm-hmm. we're finding mm-hmm. that, you know, um, you can actually listen to people and it's this perfect state of taking in information while I'm doing my dishes or yeah. I'm stuck in traffic so I'll yep. listen to these conversations and and you know something I think about a hell of a lot at the moment is our, what does it mean to be a digital human you mm. know it's like mm. for example you said you're a vegan since Wednesday that's now captured somewhere online forever yeah it might be that veganism is looked at as something like Scientology in a hundred years, but I'm, I'm not saying it will be. I'm just saying you said it right, yeah. So it's captured, yeah. And we know that people go back in time now to say, "Well, you said, yeah, yeah." So my 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 point is is that I don't really know what that means. We seem to have this idea that. It's like we've got to lock you in. You were boiling water on that day, and that's all you'll ever be, mm, you know? Mm, mm. And I think we just have to 
you know, we, we have a path for murderers, for example, to pay their dues yep. or to uh, find a way back in. You have to do time. You have to prove that you are taking ownership. Yep. But we don't really have that digitally. Um, like Kevin Hart, for example. You know, mm. he lost his gig at the Oscars for things 11 years ago. Yeah. And look, there's people on both sides who are like, good, let that be a lesson. Yes. And there's part of me that agrees. But when is enough enough, right? And I don't think that's where we articulate these things. So my whole spiel on this is not really for anything apart from, I think we're trying to figure it out. You know, we're trying to, we're trying to figure out, all right, so we have the capacity to be, each of us has the capacity to be, to be awesome and to be kind of down in the dumps yep. and it's like well what does that mean and maybe it is like something as simple as controlling your food can help for one day also like you're saying you know walk the stairs yeah I think it's about just being and Russell Brandt said it I think on a post today or yesterday about just being you whatever that actually means it may mean something different each day or each hour because you're with somebody different, but it's still a version of you, right? Mm. As you just said. And it's just f being comfortable with that. You know, I'm getting comfortable with the, the you know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those, I'm plant-based. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. Plant-based. So what that means to me and me being comfortable with that and then having conversations with people about it. Yesterday I had a conversation with um, a friend of mine, Mike, and he's like, oh, but it'd be so hard to eat out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, it's, that's, a, that's a preconceived idea. Most cafes, restaurants are very accommodating nowadays. Hey, instead of that, can you just chuck this in? Or can mm -hmm. you just take that out mm -hmm. completely? Or you just got to eat fries or it? No, you don't just have to eat fries from McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> again it's just this preconceived I had McDonald's for dinner I'm just going to admit it because we were trying to get all our stuff organised before we came over here so I had a $30 box family box Kyron on camera stop looking at me like that <laughs> alright when I give Kyron a bit of a shout out if you're a YouTube watcher dude standing out there in the in cold in the cold yeah while uh, that's king Gareth and I are sitting in here in my my little studio um, dude what's exciting you at the moment what's um, what, what, what's floating your boat what's something that we can all kind of jump on board and get a bit of get a bit of inspiration it took me a little while just going back to the tire flipping thing it took me about two weeks three weeks to kind of find my groove again right. in terms of my business so when when we spoke last obviously we were right in the, the thick of the the tie flipping event and organizing it and I was doing just enough to let my business tick over so obviously getting orders out making product when I needed to all that kind of stuff not really pushing my business what, what businesses exactly so you have your strength training business yep and then um, I have a organic men's skincare business do you yeah wow you yeah. chuck some adverts at the start of this yeah. <laughs> a lot of dudes listening they would like some yeah so um, start off as a beard care company hence the um, the luscious beard yep. um, which is about two inches longer <laughs> at the start of the year and <clears throat> now has evolved into a you know all-encompassing grooming company and awesome. i've had that for, for two years so 
I was doing just enough and that was just ticking over. It wasn't really. And then, you know, kind of didn't fall out of love with it. I just had other things. And the tie flipping, as mm. we mentioned, was just all encompassing. And it took me a little while to kind of find Gareth again, find business Gareth mm. and go, okay, I need to look at my business again. I need to sit down and fall in love with it. And that for me was the creative the creativity side of it of developing and working on new products and that kind of stuff that's what really gets me going um i enjoy the r d process i enjoy making things and giving it to people to try and getting feedback mm. and just the whole creative process I, I really enjoy it so for the last three months it's been about that for, for the most part and then you know training as well training is always going to be a part of my life and it it varies in terms of scale and again fell out of love with training just because we trained for 20 weeks non-stop for this massive thing so i was like i i've earned a, a fucking holiday <laughs> my body has earned a holiday my brain has earned a holiday i'm just going to check out i'm going to get fat and weird i'm going to drink beers i'm going to eat <laughs> chips i'm going to just sit on the couch watch movies and just yeah train my clients obviously but i'm i'm just gonna be fat and weird <laughs> so i did that um that was quite good and then i was like no i actually don't enjoy this and i need to i need to get back into training and 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 sort of you know move as as, as we were talking just yeah. keep moving because again if gareth doesn't train he's not a particularly happy guy mm. um i you know I'm not overly tense or frustrated or anything like that but I can feel a difference in my creative abilities in my thought process in my problem solving energy levels you know so training again just training for the love of training mm. um, has been really good and then Netflix I'm obsessed with Netflix documentaries <laughs> I watched 50 50 50 mm -hmm. and for those that haven't watched it and you don't have to be a triathlete or like triathlons this is a documentary about life and one man's struggle basically the premise is he did 50 triathlons in 50 days across 50 states in america um just amazing absolutely amazing and hugely emotional for me um i got to the end of it and was a little bit sad and a little bit upset just because of how the story played out and and things that went on in the actual mm -hmm. 50 days of doing mm -hmm. 50 triathlons and all the same emotions that um he went through i went through both tom and i went through going through the event and it really it really hit me hard and i actually messaged him um just to say look you've inspired me this is an amazing documentary i went through the exact same things i was i was right there and how moved i was by it and just how much more the human body can achieve mm. it's got me like dude i i flipped a tire for 24 hours 40 years old and i'm like I can do anything now like that is a yardstick for any problem in my life mm. to go well you did that so 
nut up or shut up mm. type stuff. Just get on with it, find a solution and keep moving forward. But it's inspired me to go, okay, what more can I do? So I did the 24 hour thing and maybe I'll make this as a bit of a, an exclusive to purely for Will, Will's <laughs> audience. You've heard it here first. <laughs> I'm thinking about doing a 100K tie flipping wow. event. Oh, well, I already know we're going to have this filming you the whole time. <laughs> I'm way. processing the logistics in my head and how that event would look and how it would play out. But that's, I sat there after watching the documentary the other night and went, wow, mm. 24 hours was nothing. <clears throat> this guy did a triathlon every day for 50 days straight. I know. I couldn't do one triathlon and I'm a healthy-ish human being. Um, I couldn't do the swim portion. I think there's more there. There's more I can do. There's more There's more there for me. There's more inside. Like, And actually watching the documentary and one of the things I learned and we sat down with, with Dave Neath, our mental performance coach, after the event, about a month after and talked about our learnings what we discovered, what we'd learned, how we could take that forward into the rest of our lives, um, how we could apply these things in every day. And there was just something nagging and I've talked to a few people about it and I just couldn't, I couldn't articulate it mm. enough. Something, there was just always something there. And then watching the documentary, I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. That's mm. now and people my friends and everyone of my clients are just pulling their hair out just going really you're just mental like this <laughs> honestly no enough and I'm like no like if if Ross Edgley is another you know if people who don't know Ross Edgley swam around the British Isles 157 days in the water straight swam six hours on six hours off for five months mm. we're able to do these amazing things our bodies are amazing mechanical things like we can do stuff that is even the the 50 50 like could he have done 60 mm. of them could he do a hundred in a row like we just don't know we don't know the ability of our minds we don't know the true potential of our bodies we're just we're only really still learning this stuff now and only because of people like Ross and you know um, like Courtney DeWalter that ran the first um, Moab 240 and all that kind of stuff like we're only just learning this stuff now because these people are coming out and doing these magnificent feats um, like that that's cool that's what's that's what's exciting me at the moment like what can i do bro that is intense <laughs> and i'm not one of those people who will say why are you doing that i i get it yeah and what i know about life is we have this really beautiful inbuilt weirdness to it where there's funny people there's serious people mm. there's talkers there's doers it's almost like regardless what your religious beliefs are or evolution they're the same thing because it's this implanted package which is variety. Mm. It needs to be a you flipping a tire 
over 100k mm. because it might just plant that seed or break that break that moment up for someone yep. you know someone's yep. driving it's like what the hell is that guy doing yeah and a month later they hear about it, they're like oh that's a gangster that's awesome yep. yeah and so man that's <clears throat> that's intense bro yeah I'd- I'm like already pumped for you because of the lessons you learn you know about how, getting others to help organize it like one thing I would like to help you with is um, making sure all of these learnings like you mentioned Dave your mental mm-hmm. uh, skills coach who I'm keen to talk to as well I said it to you last time I've been following him online we've got to work out the right balance if we're going to be in this digital realm at mm-hmm. least 40, 60 we've got to share some of that stuff yeah, because that's the missing piece. Well, yeah, that's you know, it's it's our way to seeing this stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I didn't know about Ross Edgeley mm. until mm. I came across him on social media. So yeah. that you know, there is there is that tool that is available. Podcasts, you know, um, all this uh, is out there to learn, and it, it's a valuable tool. I, Almost I, I like a series of twelve podcasts that you do before. Yeah with experts and different things you will go through mm-hmm. and then that gets cut into the shit you actually go through yeah you know yeah. so you don't have to be presenting the camera you've just got to be getting the mahi done yeah and then doing we can doing something like um what james did with the 50 50 mm. and having a crew follow him the yeah. entire time from, yeah. from training through to um, the actual execution and throughout the entire journey uh, would be great I think doing mm. something around that would mm. be and again championing mental health mm. and making it a forum to talk about this kind of stuff and yeah. just going through that not only for, for the people watching but for yourself like mm. I learned a huge amount from doing the tie flipping the first time for me in, in terms of who I am, what I set out to do, what I can achieve, what I can go through, the adversities, the injuries. Um, it, it was amazing in terms of what I learned about myself, mm. um, how I handle rejection, how I, because we were rejected by several TV you know, um, shows about what we did. Which is fine. Mm. Now I'm just like, yeah, okay. You know, it's not for everybody. I, yeah. I get that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But when you're in it, it sometimes can be quite personal. But learning that kind of stuff, you know, like that makes it real for people. They can see the rejection. They can see the um, the pain and the anguish and the tears and the just normal. I'm I'm no I'm nothing special. I'm just Gareth and. I now like to do dumb shit. <laughs> Clearly, I like to do really, really dumb things, um, but for good reasons. And that sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you get hurt. Sometimes you know all this kind of stuff. And mm. I think there's definitely a vehicle there for, like I said, with with the fifty fifty. I'm I'm not a triathlete. I I couldn't tell you any names of any professional triathletes. Um, actually, Terenzo. Sorry, I do know Terenzo Bozzoni. Um, but yeah, like it's, it doesn't matter. It was, it was a, it was a journey of humanity. It was the rejection that he went through, the training that he went through, the family dynamics of being on the road for 50 days. That's a fascinating story. Mm. 
So I said yeah. to my wife today, and and I wonder what you think about this. At some point, you have to dive in. And I mm. don't quite know what that means. I'm hoping people kind of feel what I'm trying to mm. say. At some point, you've got to dive in. And I don't know, but it feels like... It feels like if there's not something to lose, I'm not saying everything, but not something to lose, then... Wait, I might rephrase this. I'm, I'm fearful that we create opportunities for ourselves, but when they require us to flip a tire for 24 hours four hours we you know might not take that up because fear of failure or all mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. things yep I'm just wondering what that balance is and if there is one right because we talk about potential in life and you being mm. the search of potential and I'm pretty sure it requires some type of risk or jumping in. Yeah, we are. We are hugely. I think we are hugely risk adverse. Yeah. As as a as a species. Even something down to your hard work job. We don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. we don't want to send that email. We don't like yeah. rejection. We don't. We shy away from confrontation. We mm. don't want to have that tough conversation of, "Hey, look, you know, Will, we've got to let you go." Mm. You know, um, because there's. I feel like a dick about it because you know mm. Will's got a family and he's mm. got to provide and mm. but this is my business and my business is struggling so I've got to make cutbacks mm. we don't want to have that conversation mm. you know um, we we don't want to go to the gym we don't want to because it hurts I mean oh what if I can't walk tomorrow well yeah okay that might be the case but then you do it again and then you mm. do it again and then all of a sudden it gets easier and a little bit easier and obviously you get fitter and what kind of stuff um, oh I don't want to cut caffeine out of my diet because well I'll get be tired all the time well no that's again we put these roadblocks in front of us to make us not make the choices that are more often than not in our best interest mm. I think we just we just want to do the easy stuff <laughs> because we can achieve those right yes no, it's we don't want true. the hard things because sometimes, like the training I said this week, sometimes we fail. Mm. But we pick ourselves up and we go, okay, failed, but I'm not going to fail again at that. We know what that failure is like and I don't like it. So what can I do so I don't do it again? Mm. Um, it, yeah, it, it comes down to choices. It comes down to just... I, I can't remember who said it. Just do one thing every day that scares you. Mm. You know, it's it's doing that kind of stuff. That's awesome, bro. Um, all right, just before we wrap up, because we've been we've been what have we been chatting now for an hour? Hmm. Um, let's give a bit of a plug to your businesses. Yeah, because uh, you're but pretty entrepreneurial. I mean, <laughs> how long have you been doing your own gig for? Um, I've been. Oh, better part of 10 years true yeah so you like you know about GST and accounts and <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah I do Kyron's trying to learn all that stuff hey Kyron zero I, man it's accounting for idiots I asked Kyron does he know anyone that's uh, um, in his family that has a business because you need to learn how to invoice and Kyron emailed me this week he's like I did this job how much should I charge and I was like 
five thousand dollars he was like no I had a really actually around that I had a really conversation really interesting conversation around what your time is worth mm. putting value on your time and working to that value not going my time is worth five thousand mm. dollars because mm. you're just being ludicrous mm. but what does it take to do that task you know work out what sort of going rates in the industry are and all kind of stuff and go you know I would like to earn two grand a week that's what my worth is right now you know if I'm if I'm realistic about it what what can I earn um, this was actually Nathan um, and Ollie I had this conversation with shout out to Nathan and Ollie and you know working to that and I I have goals in my business I have goals in my personal life I, you know I'm going through this growing pains of my grooming business at the moment mm -hmm. I'm moving away from the cottage industry that my business was was founded on you know made in a in a shed or made in a kitchen but you know made in made in a shed out the mm -hmm. back type mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. um, trying to take on the global players in my industry in, in skincare mm. and that comes with its own challenges and it comes with its own risks and again going back to the risk adverse I could sit back and go oh, I'm happy just doing the small markets and, and dealing domestically and all kind of stuff screw that like no <laughs> I want I want to have a business that A I'm proud of um, B means something not only to me but for the people that see it. it it stands for something that you know um it's a part of their lives and it's a part of their routine that that's quite important to me mm. how do i do that um so yeah growing growing is is a thing right now it's um yeah it's do you need to be brave is this a common thread being brave enough to 100 percent you know, because I guess you just have to be brave enough to know that you might fail, eh? Yeah. This and is I the think through line, isn't it? Yeah, I think, again, it's it's very much a Kiwi mentality thing of just giving it a go. And if you fail, okay, well, what else can I do? As long as you learn from that failure, then it's not a failure, right? It's a lesson. What's the line, though, of just being silly? You know, is there such... Because you know what I mean? It's oh, like... Yeah, there's, there's definitely... It's hard to know. It's there's, hard. Look, in business, it's... And I'm still learning. Look, I'm no business guru, and you know, I I could probably have some lessons from, from people who have, you know, made a successful business. But, yeah, it, it's calculated risks. You know, I'm not going to go and go chips all in on something that... It really is just mm. on a whim. Mm. No, that's not. Mm. That, that's that is silly. Um, but there's, you know, you, you've got to kind of hedge your bets a little bit and go. I, I kind of see this being the next big thing. Okay, so let's do some research on that. And mm. okay, well, you know, uh, look. In the last two years, I've done some things in the business that I'm learning. Going, oh, this will be big, and New Zealand it just hasn't caught on because mm. we're about five years behind the rest of the world. <laughs> Um, so hilarious, eh? Uh, yeah, and it may be big overseas in the UK and in the US, but 
you know, the Kiwi male is a funny, funny thing to sell to. Um, you know, we're inherently suspicious of new things. We're inherently tight with our money. Um, you know, just getting the Kiwi bloke to use soap, buy soap. Oh, I'm not using that shit. I didn't put that shit on my face. <laughs> Bro, it's soap. <laughs> like, you'll be using your wife's stuff in the shower. Like, I know you will be. Mm. So, you know, um, <laughs> it, that's not every Kiwi bloke. You know, boys, I, I know some of you. That, you know, um, I, we all know someone who would need a <laughs> bit more soap. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, that kind of stuff, it's, it's being brave. But I get to do this for me. I get to make yeah. this thing great. Yeah. Um, are there pitfalls? Yes. Am I going to fuck it up? Probably at some point. <laughs> have I fucked up? Yeah, I have. But my business is still going and people still buy my products, which is, which is amazing. And that's also cool in itself that I get to I make this and people want to buy it. People give me money for something I've made. What's the website, Spring? Um, it's darkheart.co.nz. Um, and yeah, the, it, it, it's a very cool feeling to wake up and go, man, people have bought stuff while I've been asleep. Yeah. And, you know, throughout the day, and I had a, I had a. When I first started the business, I was one of those perfect days. I was training in my garage. My dogs were at my feet. The music that I wanted to listen to was on um, my Spotify, and an order came through on email. I got the notification while I was training. So I was training. I was spending time with my dogs. The sun. It literally, you couldn't paint a better picture. The sun's coming through the window, and an order comes through I'm just like I've won I've clocked life I'm winning right now people have just given me money while I'm training for a product I've made I'm done like I've I've just won at life (laughs) that's that's cool that's a cool feeling Mm. and we should savor those eh because yeah they're not the majority. I think we no. learn, we have to learn that. Eh? I'm, learn I I was very very tough, and I still am very tough on myself in terms of. And the tie flipping is is no different. What next? Rather than going, hold on a minute, appreciate what you've just done. Mm. And it took me ages to to actually go, shit, that's cool. You've done well. Mm. You know, well done, Gareth. Like that's that was pretty cool. Mm. Um, I'm very much about okay, that's cool, but what else do I need to do? Mm. What more do I need to make? What do I, uh, who do I need to sell to? Where do I need to go? Uh, more, 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 more. Rather than sitting back and go, shit, mm. look what I've just done. Being, I think it comes back to mindfulness and being appreciative and all that kind of stuff of what you've just achieved. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, again, I'm learning that as I go to go actually, yeah, this is cool. Mm. Right, this is a cool business. People like it. Um, I like it, which you know that's what people buy, right? They don't buy, and this is a Simon Sinek thing. They don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. Yeah, yeah. Which encourages you, which should be a hint to follow the things that you, you feel passionate for, right? Yeah. You know, like I know that's a hard thing to decide because it's like my son at the moment; he's thirteen. He's like, I want to be a gaming voiceover guy. And I'm like, cool, man. That's even more reason to be 
extra good at English because you need <laughs> yeah. your vocabulary. Yep. Good to be good at maths because you're going to need to have problem solving skills mm. when it comes to how many words make up a sentence and all of these things. And and I, and he was like looking at me like, oh, I don't want to be that anymore. <laughs> yeah, know? that doesn't sound any cool. Because he wanted to just yeah. be in games, and I'm like, yeah, you can, but. Um, I don't know. It's hard to because we're getting we're turning into old men now. Yeah, you know? and it's all yeah, right, turn are. that music down. And I felt myself. We had some people over today doing some stuff, and I was like, "When are they going to leave?" You know, <laughs> I felt like a an old dude. But uh, I said it in the car. I was, drove past some schoolgirls, and it was on too hot. I'm like, "Look at what she's wearing." I'm just like, "Oh wait, what? What did I just say? I'm becoming that guy." Look, at, put some clothes on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get off my Shit. lawn. But yeah. that's another inbuilt beautiful thing that I love bringing up about life. You know, you have, the, we talked about the, the court jester and the thinker and the doer and the serious person. We also have like this awesome thing where when you're young you seem to have unlimited energy but you don't know how to channel it yeah and then when you're old you have this guilt because you could have done more yeah. with it so pay attention you... man <laughs> Kyron youth is wasted Kyron on the young on camera youth Boom. is 100 wasted on the young it's 9:46 at night and Kyron's sitting on the north shore filming when you could be clubbing <laughs> hanging out with a couple <laughs> 40 somethings well i'm 39 but i'm actually it's looking forward insane. to 40 yeah, like, like I, I turned forty uh, um, the week that I saw you. It was it was my birthday on the Wednesday, and I'm I'm forty. Like it doesn't. I don't even want people to say forty is the new twenty. It's like no, no. It's I want it to be shit. forty. It's like yeah, forty I've, is forty. Forty is the new forty. <laughs> yeah, bro. And like you've gone through some crap so that you can kind of learn what you don't like. Now, for, yep. I think forty to fifty is is to suss out. I learn what I like now. Put it on steroids more and see if we can get yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm, look, I'm 40 and I'm still learning about how I work. You know, I'm getting better at working myself out, but mm. it's still 40 years of learning. Mm. And I've still got another 40 years of learning, really. But yeah, like, I, and we talked about this last time, like success and that sort of the moniker of success. Do I, have, do I own a house? No. I'm not a homeowner, which is fairly common in Auckland. Those that are not in Auckland, most of us aren't homeowners in Auckland. Mm. Um, they have some other story, though. It's yeah. always, you know, like, oh, my folks lent me some. They borrowed on their house, or yeah. I got an inheritance. Ain't no one, like, <laughs> jiving like that. I Look, I know I'm not a good saver, but mm. there's certain things that, come on, you didn't save up 600 grand. No, <laughs> you know, no. it's like something went good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. And you know, it, in terms of it, looking at life and going, have I achieved this? Have I travelled around the world? No, I haven't. Mm. Do I own a home? No, I don't. Does that make me less successful than people that I know that own homes? Well, I guess that's perception, right? I have. A great life. I have my own business. I can do what I want mm. seven days a week, twenty four seven. That's that's amazing. Awesome. Do, I, do I want to own a home? Don't know, mm. but doesn't make me feel. You know, it doesn't make me feel shit about being forty and not being a homeowner, or not being deemed successful because I don't own a home. Mm. I may not own a home until I'm fifty, sixty. 
you know, I'd rather own a Porsche before I own a home, <laughs> <laughs> which has come with some well, some look, pushback. I, I turned a van into a studio. You might turn your, Dude, yeah. your Porsche into your home. Yeah, there's probably there's Porsches out it's there. That tire flipper guy uh, who lives in his car. Yeah, there's Porsches out there that are the same price as homes <laughs> in this country. Um, but yeah, that's that's again that's success for me. Hmm. I will when I go and purchase my first Porsche. That will be success mm. for me, as far as I'm concerned. Boom, um, dude! I want to thank you for. Uh, being on the podcast Thanks, for, 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 for doing this little journey like I hope we have many conversations yeah. over time and, and I really do think we're, this is a, an evolution happening you know where it's like we're turning these real lives into what bits do we share was it about sharing our butt pics or <laughs> I think it's like the, then we did the vlogs and we do these little 15 second insta stories mm. but I think it's evolving into these things where we yep. catch up and me and you get and Kyron a little bit but yeah. he we, we all get this kind of like what we did for hundreds of thousands of years. We hung out together and hoped Around that we didn't get eaten. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and now it's like the the getting eaten part, the getting mauled part is not having enough money, you know, yeah, or yeah, being excluded yeah. from yep. social media or, yep. or not getting yeah. on the waiting list when you need something done. And so the risks are still there. Maybe not really. It must have been horrible being eaten. And then watching Kyron getting eaten, and then we were like, "Quick, get out of here!" <laughs> but but I guess you get my point, and and it feels like it's cool. We're moving back to that. Um, I heard something today, which is like the whole point of this exploratory nature of humanity was to go out far enough so we could kind of loop back mm. and say, mm. "Okay, it's a bit about the exploring, but it's a bit about being home." It's yes. like yeah me as an individual me as a collective you know it's like me taking risk and then having safety you know it's yeah all these this little is what things. I've learned and this is what I can pass on and this is yeah and I yeah. definitely get that through your story you know just the fact like last time talking about just things that are going good and bad and and like we might be the first digital generation who are okay sharing not all the good stuff yeah but it has to be earned you can't just get on the mic and say you know i had a shit day today yeah no one's like me too bro yeah yeah, exactly but it's cool to hear someone who's gonna flip a tire for 100ks Mm. saying that he sucked at squatting the other day yeah right because it's like oh i get it It, it's real yeah people can uh, people can associate to that They, they understand that it's it's real um yeah, and, and through the through the twenty four hour stuff leading into those days that I didn't want it, my hands were hit, my fingers, I dislocated my finger. I, I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to legs were sore, just oh, not again. But I was accountable to Tom mm. and I was accountable to you guys and people that are out there that were following us that we touched by saying we were gonna do this and the reasons we were doing it. Mm. Like I was accountable to those people and that's what kept us going. Um, you know that's that again in itself is powerful. It's mind blowing. Yeah, it is. Boom. Let's end there because <laughs> my bum's sore. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. Thank you, dude, for making time. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll look forward to the next chat. Eh? Yeah, man. Awesome. That's us. We out. Mm-hmm.